And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. The play and the uh, scene I want to play here real quick, of course, it's where Jack is kind of riding shotgun and he's letting Kevin drive. And Kevin, of course, cannot parallel park. And the idea of it freaks him out. It freaks me out because I don't parallel park. I avoid that at all costs. Like, there's just parallel parking. Well, I guess I'm not parking anywhere. So, okay. So I'll play this clip. Kevin is, like I said, he's nervous. And he waits so long that someone else takes the spot that Jack had found. Like, hey, get in right there. Like, uh, remember, this is 1970 or 71. Jack's driving a boat of a car. So, <laughs> yeah. Kevin? I know, I know. I'm putting it away. No, we gotta go pick up new shower doors. Oh. Here, you drive. Oh. You got your driver's test coming up. You want to practice, don't you? Sure, but... Of course, any other day, I'd have jumped at the chance to hit the road in Dad's gas guzzler, but... I don't know, Dad. Maybe I'll just stay here. Why? Something wrong? No. no it's just... I should have told him. I should have told him, but I didn't. Never mind. Hey, come on, let's go. I don't know. Maybe I just needed some time to think it over. Not bad. You're okay. Thanks. Or maybe I needed a little confidence building from the big man. In any event, by the time we reached town, I was back on my game again. Ready for anything. Why don't you pull her in over there? Yikes. Go ahead, slip her in. Uh, sure. I'm out of there. Of course, this was no time to panic. I knew that. This was simple. Just a matter of wedging two tons of steel in a 12 by 4 parking space. Nothing to it. I had to do was think it through calmly, rationally. And that's when I made my fatal mistake. I thought about it a second too long. Kev? Huh? What are you waiting for? Uh... I sat there, completely paralyzed, I knew one thing. Only a miracle was going to get me out of this now. Or a 1970 Volkswagen Super Beetle. What does that guy think he's doing? Didn't he see the blinker? Idiot shouldn't be allowed on a road. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> well, then just go around. But even though I'd escaped this time, the truth seemed clearer than ever. Instead of living life in the fast lane, I was doomed to spend the rest of mine 
circling the block. So yeah, Jack's trying to tell like, Kevin, what's your problem? Let's go. Get it in there. Just slip it in. Just like a glove goes on a hand, right? Like, it's that simple. If I were Kevin, if, if that were me, I would have been, like, f like having a full-blown panic attack where I'd probably start, like, freaking out and crying. What the hell's going on here? But somehow I guess I knew. I just couldn't run anymore. It was time to face the truth. I don't know how to park. I lied about my license. I never took the test. Here. something about being a man yeah you do come on let's go where you gotta start somewhere and I learned it from the guy who wrote the book So Kevin admits he lied about getting his license because Jack and Norma gave him a set of key, uh, cop, uh, set of keys to the car so he can drive it. And he finally admits because he's trying to learn, you know, backing out the car in the driveway. And he admits to Jack, like, I'm sorry, I didn't get my license. I can't park. And he hands Jack the keys, like, take them. I don't want them. Jack hands it back and says, yes, you do. I will show you how to parallel park. Okay, it's not, and it's not, it's dark out, you know, there aren't any cars on the street. They line up the four trash cans as a way to be able to maneuver and everything, which I thought a friend of mine did something similar. His dad showed him how to do that by putting like some five gallon buckets like in front of where the car would go and then the back of the car so that way you have a way to, you know, maneuver and everything like that. And when I did the parallel parking, for the road test, I actually did better than I thought I would. That was what really stressed me out. And even now, it's like I would avoid it like the plague, pretty much. I mean, there, um, downtown where I live, which isn't really a big, busy downtown, but I would occasionally go there because I wanted to get tickets to a hockey game. And usually the front 
the the front one uh, parking spot that all you do is you just like get in there because there weren't a lot of cars there, and then all you got to do is just pull forward. Now I think when I went down there the last time, they turned that into a handicap spot. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, seriously? So yeah, I really don't go down there anymore. <laughs> like, forget it. <laughs> So the next episode I'm going to look at is Season 5, Episode 14, entitled Private Butthead. This is the episode where Wayne takes retakes his SATs. Actually, it turns out, no, he doesn't retake his SATs. He goes one better and decides to join the army. He and his best friend Wart do. And it turns out... Wayne ends up having to take a physical Jack tells him you're not in the army until you take a physical and they just have an argument and Jack's like you are not going to go down there and it's like basically it's like Jack says they will tell you anything you want to hear just to get you in there they'll tell you you can become an engineer or a mechanic or this or that and they'll Throw you out there so fast your head's going to spin. And you're not even going to know what what hits you. So, Wayne, of course, the, the first scene I'll be playing is just Wayne saying he's going to go and take the test regardless of what his dad says. Jack overhears. And Wayne's, or Jack's like, you are not taking that test. And um, Wayne does not back down. He's like, uh, yes, I am. And it's almost like there's a standoff. And... Jack's like, what am I going to do? He's 18, so I'm going to play that clip, and then, of course, I'll play the ending clip where and, uh, Wayne finds out that he has, like, scoliosis, or he has, like, um, not scoliosis, what's the other thing? It's, like, um, psoriasis. That's what it is, like, on his back, and they're afraid, I guess, uh, of him peeling and stuff like that and it getting infected, so, yeah, he... He, Wayne had, he was not going to go to college, and he had no other choice. He had nothing, and he thought that this was the next best thing that he could do. He, he just, he thought he was out of options, so, and he's like, well, dad was in Korea and everything, so if he can make it, I can make it. He's like, one test, and I couldn't even pass it. And I, you feel so bad for Wayne. You, your heart breaks for this young man. Because we've seen him be a big goof and everything. But now that he's a senior, he's going to be graduating. He is at a crossroads in life of where do I go from here? Clearly college is not an option. Granted, his dad gets him into Norcom. Of course, Jack at one point makes a joke like, huh, Norcom will never take you. You would never get through the door. Of course, in season six, he does end up working at Norcom in the mailroom. And then eventually when Jack gets a furniture store... Wayne is working there. Of course, that is to continue with Jack's passing that Wayne is going to take over the furniture business. Actually, first I want to play this clip with Kevin and Jack on the roof. They're putting new shingles on. And Kevin is just, like, concerned about Wayne. Like, what's going to happen if he doesn't pass his test? And Jack tells a little story like, hey, won't you lay off Wayne? Let me tell you about the time that he learned to walk. It took him a bit longer than most kids. But when he walked, he didn't just take a step. He ran clear across the room. 
So it might take him a bit to get there, but when he does, he goes full bore. He goes all the way. You know, Wayne had a lot of trouble taking his first step. It took him a long time to do it. But when he finally did it, he didn't just take a step, he ran across the room. Then he fell on his butt. But he got back up again. And for the first time in a long time, I could see how much Dad was rooting for Wayne. How proud he was of him. Alright, now we're actually going to go to the kitchen where Wayne's just dropped the bomb about him joining the army. And of course, Norma is freaked out. Like, we've seen what happened to Brian Cooper. He was killed in Vietnam. And Norma's like, this can't be happening. And Jack, of course, I think is... Is he on the phone, like, trying to talk to somebody? Okay, no, he's not on the phone with somebody. I thought... I don't know why I thought he was on the phone, like, trying to get Wayne out of this or something. But, yeah, I'm going to play this clip because this gets heated. And, of course, Wart's there for comedic relief. This can't be happening. Even so, it had. My mother's worst nightmare was coming true. Honey, you are just in high school. Mom, we're 18 years old, and besides, I mean, the sergeant really liked us. Yeah, he said we were special. Yeah. It was unbelievable. My brother had joined the army. You guys are kidding, right? <laughs> no, butthead. Which left only one sane, reasonable response. How did you come up with such a dumb, stupid, idiotic idea? Well, actually, it was my idea. And you listen to him? That's real bright. Thanks. Dad, I mean, listen, you know, it's not as dumb as it sounds. I mean, if you just think about it, I mean, it makes sense. The pay is good. And besides, they'll teach us to be anything we want. Mechanics, uh, engineers, uh, topographical specialists. Yeah. Ward, go home. I asked him to stay for dinner. Goodbye, Ward. And with those social pleasantries out of the way... Nice seeing you, folks. It was time for the family to talk turkey. Jack, we can't let this happen. You didn't take your physical yet, right? No, but, you know, that's just... He's not in the army. Tomorrow you'll go down there and tell him you changed your mind. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. They're going to send you off to Vietnam. <laughs> They're going to pack you up and ship you out so fast your head's going to spin. That's not what the sergeant said. The sergeant said that... What's the matter with you? They'll tell you anything. Well, you went to Korea. That was different. Why? What was different about it? Because you're a young, dumb kid. Well, you were a young, dumb kid, Wayne, too. Wayne, listen to me. You're not going. Whatever you say, Dad. And with that, so ended my brother's brief career in the military. So Wayne is pretty much just being naive. He's taking what this officer said to heart, or the uh, sergeant said. And even Jack is like, they will tell you anything to get you to sign up. That's what they do. 
And it's like, they're going to ship you off to Vietnam. They're going to ship you up, pack you up, ship you out so fast. You're not even going to realize what's happening until you're out there marching along the, you know, the front line and everything. And I know that Wayne is just, he's at the end of his rope. He doesn't know what to do. And even he's like, well, Dad, you were in Korea. And Jack's like, that's different. And Wayne is like, well, how is that different? And Jack, Jack's just like, you're a dumb, stupid kid. You just, you're not thinking here. And Jack's just putting his foot down. It's like, Wayne, you are not going. You're going to go down there tomorrow and tell them that you made a mistake. Because he didn't take his physical, so he's technically not in the army. Of course, the next scene here is going to be where Wayne is bringing in a box full of stuff. Some of it apparently turns out to be Kevin's. And Wayne is just trying to get rid of stuff. And he's like, well, I'm going down to take my test. Kevin's like, but you told Dad that you wouldn't. Wayne's like, I know. I had to say whatever I had to to get him off my back. Of course, now Jack is in the doorway asking what's going on. Kevin's like, well, Wayne's going to go down and take his physical. So, yeah, things get heated again. There's like, there's a standoff. Jack's like, I'm not letting you take that test. You're not taking that test. And Wayne, Wayne is like, uh, yeah, I am. So Jack is finally like thinking, I really can't stop him. He's 18. So he just backs out of the doorway and lets Wayne leave. I, uh, <laughs> going down to take my physical now. What? Wayne, you can't do this. Hey, it's my life. Wayne! Yeah, but like, you told Dad that well, you... I had to get him off my back. Told Dad what? Of course, I knew I should keep my mouth shut. Still, brotherly confidentiality was one thing. He's going in to take his physical. The army was quite another. What are you talking about? You heard him. Uh-uh. And suddenly, war had broken out again. I thought we said you weren't going to do that. No, Dad. You said I wasn't going to do it. Wayne, you're not going anywhere. Oh, yes, I am, Dad. And this time, you're not going to stop me. you go down there, don't expect me to get you out of this. Maybe Dad was bluffing, maybe not. In any event. Bye, Dad. This time, Wayne didn't blink. So, Kevin decides to go with Wayne for moral support, but then again, of course, Kevin's just gonna have to sit in the car because he can't go in there with him. And... On this show, you know that Wayne has always been a jerk to Kevin. Very rarely do we get instances where Wayne is kind to his brother. I like the fact here that Wayne is saying, look, with me being gone, I'm not going to be able to look out for you anymore, so you're going to have to take care of yourself. And I'm, I'm thinking to me, I'm like, 
<laughs> when did you ever look out for your brother? You sure as hell did not have his back when he was having to go against Eddie Panetti, which you should have had your brother's back. I'd be like, you, you mess with my brother, you mess with the whole Arnold family. And my dad was in Korea, so he's going to kick your ass too. Because at this point, Wayne's sitting in the car and he's thinking, well, this is it. You know, I go in there, I'm going to be in the army, and I want to give some lasting parting words to my brother. Oh, he says, I'm not going to be around to take care of you anymore. And even Kevin kind of looks at him like, when did that ever happen? That's never been our relationship. And Wayne is like, see, when even if I'm not around, I'm still going to be around, you know? He's getting all philosophical here, of course. The idea that he could be in the army, like, as early as, like the next week or two is making him like realize like I have to say this because I may not get a chance to say it again. Imparting brotherly words of wisdom. I love when he's like I want you to have fun and get into trouble. And then he uses some of those SAT words that he's not making really sense. He's just throwing them out there because well those are the ones that he learned. Maybe not the meaning, but he knows how to say them. Obsequious. <laughs> Phlegmatic. And he's like, when you think of me, don't be lugubrious. Like, what are those mean again? <laughs> Kevin's just like, <laughs> I won't, trust me. <laughs> so I don't know how long it takes, but Kevin, we see different... Kevin's looking in um, one of those, like, cannons out front. He's hanging on the hood of Wayne's car, just walking around, sitting on a bench... Basically killing time. Granted, this is back before cell phones, so it's not like you can just go on the internet on your phone and just, like, play, like, um, Candy Crush or something like that to keep yourself occupied. No. He didn't bring a book with him, but Kevin's not really a reader either. It's like, oh, remember back in the day? Nowadays, people bring their phones to the bathroom because, of course, it's like, what else are you going to do, right? I got to keep my mind occupied. So now Jack shows up. Kevin says, well, Wayne's still in there, and Jack says that he remembers, you know, his first time. It took quite a while. They probably had a lot of people they had to get through. Did they have to take blood tests back then, too? I mean, I'm sure they checked your height, your weight, your, you know, your overall body, and all that fun stuff. They see Wayne come out, and Wayne, of course, does not look happy, so something clearly happened. Kevin wants to go up to him, but then again, Jack, Jack stops and says, Kev, can you give me a minute with Wayne? Because Jack, of course, doesn't know that Wayne's not in the army. He just wants to give some parting words. Talks about his time, doing the exam, you know, that it took a while, it was a real pain in the butt, all that stuff. Kevin, uh, let me have a minute, okay? How'd it go? You know. Yeah. I remember my physical. It was a real pain in the rear. <laughs> Is that what you came down to talk to me about? No, I guess not. Wayne, you know I'm against this. I haven't prepared you for it. Dan, L let, me, let me finish. I haven't prepared you for anything. <laughs> You've been looking for my help. 
I don't know where I've been. I, uh, I wanted so much more for you. I wanted. I failed my physical. I've got psoriasis. They're afraid my back would really peel in the jungle. Psoriasis. Can you believe that? Couldn't even do this right. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I just didn't know what else to do. Make a I gotta say, I like how Jack admits, like, I haven't really prepared you, Wayne. I haven't prepared you for the world. I don't know where I've been. And you gotta think about this show. Most of the scenes you see on the Wonder Years, you're either gonna be seeing Kevin and Jack, or you're going to be seeing Karen and Jack. They have a lot of scenes together, and a a lot of the relationships are usually out of the three kids is going to be either Kevin or Karen. Wayne does not get a lot of scenes, a lot of focus. So I'm really happy that they gave us this for once. This is Wayne's episode. And where Jack finally acknowledges, I'm sorry, Wayne, I didn't prepare you for the world or anything. I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you, that I could have better prepared you for what is out there. Maybe help him get set up. Say, hey, you're coming on time of graduation. What do you want to do with your life? Clearly, college was not going to be an option because he did not do well enough on the SATs. He probably didn't really do all that great in school. And, you know, there's if college is not an option, then, of course, the next thing is going to be you're going to get a job. It's going to be one or the other. You're not not going to work and provide a life for yourself because you cannot rely on your parents forever. You, they have 18 years to prepare you to eventually learn how to be on your own. But I just, I like this. I like that this is Wayne's episode. We finally get this Jack and Wayne moment. And Jack even sticks up for Wayne when Kevin is kind of like, you know, worried about his brother. Like, what's going to happen if he fails the SATs again? So, and, and Jack just talked about, you know, it takes Wayne a bit to do learn how to do something. Takes him a bit. When he does it, when he finally completely, like, learning how to take his first step, and he just ran across the room, it's like, he will get there when he gets there, but, and the fact that Wayne fell on his butt, but he got right back up again. And that just proves that when Wayne puts his mind to something, when he really wants to accomplish something, he will do it. Maybe not in the time that everyone wants him to, but eventually he will. So the next episode we're going to move to is in season 5. It's episode 17 entitled Hero. Kevin is kind of obsessed with this basketball player, you know, for school. Like, he's a big hotshot player. Really kind of idolizes him in a way. And just, he's got this big game 
against this big rival uh, basketball team. And the guy falters. He ends up losing the game. And Kevin just can't believe it. He's like, he puts the hopes and dreams, the whole school probably really does, on this guy's shoulders, adding a lot of pressure. And Jack kind of calls Kev, calls it out in a way, points it out. Like, this guy is just, you're making this guy out to be bigger than what he is. He's just a kid who's playing a basketball game. And Jack really, you know, in the short, you know, he watches sports. Kevin does too. But he can see things that Kevin isn't seeing. Kevin is so blinded by idolization of this guy, thinks he can do no wrong, and Kevin goes up to the guy like, hey, look, I'm sorry, we'll get him next time. We did, we, you were amazing out there. And the basketball player just looks at Kevin like, what's this we? This was all me out there. You just don't get it. The pressure and everything. And now all these people in these stands hate my guts right now. So it's like, the kid pretty much just, he was nice to Kevin at first, but then he totally blows him off like, who are you to say anything? You weren't there out on that court with me, so you don't know what I'm thinking and feeling right now. And Kevin's feeling like hurt and dejected. Like, so he and his dad stop off at this little like uh, diner and and I think Kevin was irritated that his dad wanted... He's like, Dad, you got to see this guy play. And Jack makes the time to go and do that, only to have Kevin like, Ugh, i got to sit by my dad. My friends are here. I would love to sit with them, but my dad's here now. I feel obligated that I have to sit with him and listen to him, like, doing a running commentary throughout the game. And Kevin just got a piss poor attitude. But then they go to the diner after the game, and and Jack just is like, you know, Kevin, you remind me a little bit of myself. And it's it's just the talk there that I I want to play that clip. So. Thing is, I wasn't sure which he was gonna do first: bust me for being a snotty-nosed wise guy, or gloat about the game. You know, Kevin. My guess was gloat. They really didn't play that bad. What? Your team. Gave it a pretty good shot, right? Yeah, they got cleaned. That Bobby kid, he did okay, don't you think? I mean, good ball handler, tough from the corner, that little loopy jump shot. And that's when I realized he wasn't just going to gloat. He was going to take Bobby Riddle and rub him into me till I... Look, Dad. In the first place, Bobby stunk, okay? In the second place, he's not that good. He was never that good, okay? So I'm sorry you had to waste your time coming down. I'm sorry about the test. I'm sorry you... I'm sorry you can't all be like you. Mr. Pencil Stubbs and Alka-Seltzer, Mr. Pay the Bills and Go to Work, 
said something I'll never forget. Let me tell you something, Kev. It's not easy being a hero. And I knew he wasn't talking about Bobby Riddle. He was talking about himself. No. I guess it isn't. disappear in a flash. You get over it. But the good ones, the real ones, the ones who count, stay with you for the long haul. The thing is, after all these years, I couldn't tell you the score of that game. What I remember is sitting in that diner, up late, being young, drinking coffee with the only real hero I ever knew. My dad, Jack Arnold, number one. So yeah, that was just really a, a nice sweet scene between Kevin and Jack where they're just, you know, talking and enjoying a cup of coffee together. And I remember, you know, how Kevin says at the end, looking back on it, he's like, I don't remember what the game, the score of the game was, but I remember that conversation with my dad. Just how his dad was his hero, the real hero. So we're going to move into season six with season six, episode two, entitled Fishing. Jack wants to take the boys fishing, and of course, Kevin and Wayne don't want to have, they, they're not into that. You know, Jack took a day off work. He got Wayne and Kevin a day off as well. Was able to get uh, Wayne on a, a day in Norcalm, so that's pretty sweet. And they stop at the bait shop, and of course, Kevin wants to get himself some brew, but <laughs> Jack's like, no, you stick to, like, root beer, or whatever, uh, ginger ale, or whatever. Because I'm guessing that Wayne now is of legal drinking age, so it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'm going to play this clip of, it's around the campfire, Jack is just talking about how he wants to come up, you know, to this fishing spot, and build a house here, and... Wayne and Kevin are kind of like, are you sure you want to do that? They're kind of like crapping all over his dreams. Like, come on, guy. At one day at time, you guys are going to be at this age, and you're probably going to be feeling the same way Jack is. Y'all have these fantasies, you know, you build up in your mind. My dad was the same way, you know? He, he talked about one, you know, this lot of land that he had, about how one day he's just going to sell his house and he's going to move up, whoopsie, um, move up and build a house on that, on that hill. And I'm like, well, at the time I probably was like maybe 15, 16. He's like, well, you, you're going to be out on your own. So it'll just be me, me here. Actually, honestly, now that I think about it, I might've been like 14, 15 and Pam at the time was not even in the picture yet. So. That was just, that, and, and don't, don't shit on the dreams, seriously, just let the parent have that, even if it's just a fantasy, it's still, we all think about things that we could want that may or may not, you know, be out of our reach and stuff, that's just how life is. 
It's almost like, you, you know, and it doesn't just have to deal with getting old, you know, older and, you know, planning out this, I've worked my whole life, I'm going to, like, when I retire, do this. That's Jack's, what Jack is kind of saying. But then again, think about it. How many times have people said, you know, when they're in their 30s or whatever, or 20s, they have this fantasy. You know, it even goes with the lottery fantasy. of like, oh, if I win the lottery, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to get this, this. Like, what your dream house is. And everything. I got my dream house in my in my mind. If I built a house, I would want this and that, and I would want just a room dedicated to all my books, where I can just have them on shelves and they don't have to be stored in totes. I want a nice, comfy, cozy room that's got a fireplace and a recliner and just a nice reading room. You know, I want a fenced-in backyard where I can have a dog and let him run. You know what I mean? It's just, it's your own little fantasy of how you'd like to have, live your life one day. So I'm going to play this clip. The life, isn't it? <laughs> Don't worry. Tomorrow we'll get up early and catch us a mess of fish, right? A mess of fish. Sure, Dad. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Old times. Good times. Sitting around the fire. Dad and me skinning Wayne at cards. Jim. What? Fish. It was kind of like finding out your pet hamster could do <laughs> calculus. Dad, pop me a beer, will ya? Yeah, me too. Hmm. Yeah, right. What the hey? Who was worth a shot? Never mind. You know, I've been thinking. One of these days I'm gonna chuck it all. Find us a place to retire. Like this. We could build us a cabin, logs, maybe. Wouldn't have to be much. It was the same old dream Dad had talked about since I was three years old. We could come here in April and stay till the snow. We could catch fish all summer, live off what we caught. It was like a litany. We'd heard it a hundred times before. Still that night, for some reason. Now what about your mortgage? that got to do with it? Well, don't you like owe the bank a pile? Yeah. I mean, is that really practical? No, of course, yeah, I had real What you make and everything? <laughs> of course, looking back, our two cents might not have been exactly in the spirit of the moment. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> Another hand? Jack's just talking about retirement. What he'd like to do is, you know, just build a log cabin, fish right off the deck. And it's a cute dream. And Kevin even says, you know, this is the same thing as Dad has brought up, that he's hurt so much since he was three. Granted, Wayne is like, are you sure that's a realistic goal? Is What about your mortgage? And, of course, Jack, they're kind of bringing Jack down to reality and kind of bumming him out. And it's just, it's kind of sad. I mean, the boys are older, and they're kind of thinking with a realistic, clear head. It's like, guys, it's just a fantasy. It's just a fantasy. It's not like he's actually going to do this. And what's sad is hearing him talk about when he retires, and I'm just thinking, Jack dies two years later 
after the show, after the show's run, and it sucks, because that guy worked his ass off at Norcom and hopes for retirement, and he doesn't even get to have it. It's like all those years at Norcom just added to the stress of him, and that's why he's always popping those Alka-Seltzers and stuff. It, it caught up to him. But, um, yeah, and I'm just thinking, because he was saying he, he, like, fish between, save there between April and when it snows or something like that, which I'm like, you're in California. I mean, it probably snows some areas in California, right? Like, maybe up north or something? I don't know. But, yeah, it's just... And even at first when, he, when he was talking about the mortgage, I'm kind of like, well, if he wanted to, he could sell the house, use that money to build that log cabin. I'm thinking, Norma will go anywhere you want to go. I mean, she might not be 100% happy, but she'll support you. So, yeah. They're, and they're playing Jen. Wayne, Wayne beats both Kevin and Jack. And he's like, hey, 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 you want to play another hand? And Jack is now depressed. He's like, I, I think I'm going to turn in. So it's like, thanks. This used to be fun, but now my kids are kind of bumming me out here. <laughs> so I'm going to play this again where Jack's talking about when I get my place up here. And it's sad. And Kevin's just had enough. It's like, Kevin, who are you to shit on your dad's hypothetical dreams? It's like Kevin's had enough. He doesn't want to be there, so he's going to be an asshole to his father. I get my place up here. Things are going to be different. I couldn't believe it. I was trying my best to assert my manhood, and this guy was ignoring me like I was a little kid, and I wasn't going to take it anymore. <laughs> get off it, Dad, will you? What? All this stuff about building a cabin. You're never moving up here. Not in a million years. I see. It was possibly the meanest thing I'd ever said to the man. But right then I didn't care. The way I saw it, turnabout was fair play. off because he wants to drink a beer he's not of age and Jack's just talking about when I get my place up here and Kevin just the meanest thing he says dad you're not moving up here right it's a pipe dream it's never gonna happen and Jack just like looks so crestfallen like he had to have a third kid damn it so well-deserved. Kevin grabs the beer, opens it, and it sprays in his face. Like, well-deserved. Because you need to cool off and calm down. I'm surprised Jack didn't backhand Kevin. Like, don't you ever. I don't care if you're trying to give me a dose of reality. Don't ever speak to me that way again. All right, the next episode I'm going to move to is season six, episode six, entitled White Lies. This is the episode where Kevin and Winnie are studying one night. Norma and Jack are out of town, and Kevin and Winnie fall asleep on the couch. They wake up. Kevin freaks out. The guys in the locker room want to know what's up with him and Winnie. Kevin, of course, is like, hey, use your imagination. We fell asleep together. Of course... 
rumors get started. Someone's going to get hurt in the end. It's clearly going to be Winnie. Kevin does not know how to rectify this situation. His dad comes home. He's angry because Kevin didn't take out the trash. And Kevin kind of unloads on his dad as far as what happened with him and Winnie. How he kind of fucked up. And his dad is like listening and says, you need to get over there and apologize. That's what I would do. And he's like, do you think she'll forgive me? And Jack is like, I wouldn't. He's being brutally honest here. Like, yeah. I don't think so, Kevin. This is major. You just ruined your girlfriend's reputation. I needed help. Kevin! Thought I told you to throw out the trash. Oh. Sorry. Still, I guess help is where you find it. Dad? Yeah? I have to talk to you about something that happened here last night. What is it? Winnie came over last night, and... And so I recounted the whole sorry tale, hoping for some advice, and maybe a little sympathy. After all, Dad had been 16 once. He'd been in locker rooms. He knew what the guys were like. Women, huh? I mean, what am I supposed to do? But if I was looking for someone to back me up... Get in your car, go over, and apologize right away. I came up short. <laughs> you think she'll listen? I wouldn't. So Jack just tells Kevin to get in his car, go over to Winnie's house, and apologize. And Kevin's like, well, do you think she'll forgive me? And, or do you think she'll listen? And Jack's like, well, I wouldn't. Alright, now we're going to move on to Season 6, Episode 21, entitled Summer. For the summer, Kevin is working at Jack's furniture shop. And he's just, he's kind of tired of it. He wants to hang out with his friends during the summer, go on a big road trip. So yeah, Kevin's friends are all kind of abandoning him for the summer. Uh, Chuck and Jeff are actually planning to go like on a cross-country trip <clears throat> from New York to New Orleans in California, but it's like, you live in California. I know it's not mentioned, but there are plenty of hints throughout the show. Like in the episode Wayne on Wheels, you see that Wayne gets his driver's license and it says California on it. So, yeah. Odds are, you'd be going to New Orleans, then you'd be going to New York, and then going, you know, just driving, just driving Cross country, I can't say the right. Um, but Kevin's feeling left out. You know, all he's got, you know, Paul's taking advanced summer school courses, probably so that way he can. He's gonna get into Harvard, isn't it? It's Harvard, right? Not Yale. Pretty sure. Yeah, Kevin's feeling the pinch. He's basically his summer's gonna be spent working at his dad's furniture shop. Sucks. What you gonna do? And Kevin just, he wants to get out and go. And Jack is like, uh, n you're not, no. You're, you're going to stay and work. So the first clip I'm going to play from this episode, of course, is going to be around the dinner table as Kevin's kind of explaining how he wants to go on this. He wants to go on the trip with Jeff and, and Chuck. Someone's got to have a level head. It's clearly going to be Kevin because, you know, I mean, Chuck, 
not the smartest tool in the shed. Jeff, he's between, like, Chuck and Kevin. With a he's got a level of maturity, but it's like you put him with Chuck, and he's gonna be they're gonna be two goofballs in a pod. <laughs> so Kevin's just explaining like Jeff and Chuck are going like from here to there, and Jeff says San Francisco, and I love how <laughs> Wayne's like, don't forget to put some flowers in your hair, kind of quoting the song. We're out. Yeah, you're not going. <laughs> what do you mean? It'll be a great trip. Now. Where are they going exactly? New York, New Orleans, San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco. Don't forget to put some flowers in your Look, Dad, I just don't think you understand. I mean, this trip will be good for me. I'll be out on my own. Forget it. Why? You wouldn't survive two seconds on your own. Oh, yeah? What are you going to live on? Hey, I got money saved up. And besides, we'll be living on our wits. <laughs> <laughs> You know, honey, Karen's going to be flying in on the 4th of July weekend, and I thought it would be a good chance for all of us to be together. Look, there's no sense discussing this any further. You're not going, and that's final. Jeez, what was this, a family or a firing squad? Okay. See, I don't know why I asked you anyway. This is my life, and it's my decision. Okay? And I'm going to do what I have to do. I love how Kevin always does this, where he stands up in frustration, like, hey, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And Jack's even saying, it's like, what are you going to live on? And Kevin's like, I have savings. And he's like, we're going to live on our wits. And, of course, that gets a laugh out of Wayne, like, <laughs> it'll be a short trip. Jack just puts his foot down, like, you are not going. And I love how they say they're going to San Francisco. I'm like, it's just probably just, it, you're in the same state there. So start there and work your way across the United States of America. But hey, you know, even though he's not, because they give you the impression that Kevin's going to go. He got up at dawn. He's packing a sleeping bag, which, of course, it's just for Jeff and Chuck to use. What house is Kevin standing in front of? Oh, he's probably standing in front of, like, Jeff's house or Chuck's house. So Kevin's in, the, in Jack's workshop. He's... Talking to Winnie, probably. Oh, we get a split screen. That's pretty cool, because Winnie's wearing a bathing suit. She's got a zip-up gray jacket on. She's got a whistle around her neck. Is she CPR certified? I mean, nowadays, you would have to be CPR certified. And remember in the Sandlot? That girl clearly was CPR certified. And that was right around this time, wasn't it? Well, this is 1972, and Sandlot happened, like, probably 10 years prior to that. Oh, yeah, Kevin's on the phone. Jack's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be working. Kevin's like, hey, I was taking a phone call break. And Jack is like, on his ass, like, I can't even leave you alone for two seconds. You need to be working. Kevin's reached his boiling point at this time. He's like, what is your problem as he walks away? And Jack gets right in his face. And they have a major blowout, which... There's so much noise going on there that you really can't hear. But I think Wayne comes up and is like, what? What's going on? Out there working. I can't like I was going to burst. I don't believe it. What are you doing here? I was just making a phone call. You're supposed to be out there working. I can't leave you for one minute. What was that? Dad, get off my back. What? You're on top of me every second telling me how to run my life. Do this. Don't do that. I hate this job. 
What's going on here? You know what your problem is? <laughs> yeah, I can't stand it here. Uh-uh. You think you're too good for this job. And that's when it happened. I looked at those guys, and all I saw was mediocrity and hard work and being chained down the rest of your life. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because maybe this job is good enough for you, but it's not good enough for me. Fine. You don't want to work here. I don't want you here. And after 17 years of living under my father's thumb... Okay. I quit. I'm out of here. Yeah, Kevin's had enough, and I'm kind of thinking, he's like, it's, you know, it's hot there. Do they have proper ventilation, or they got fans going? Because I can imagine that's going to get really stuffy really fast. Where I'm at, we have a fan on either side of the station. We have this giant um, air duct that, you know, pulls air from, you know, the outside to kind of blow at us, which is nice, but then again, it's like, it gets, if it's like 85, 90 outside, it's like over 100 inside. So it's like, you can have all the nice cold air or warm air blowing at you, but you best stay hydrated. Get your Gatorade, get your Powerade. I don't know. I don't know. Did they have anything like that in 1972? I don't know. Kevin's had enough. And Jack kind of points out, it's like, you're like, you don't like to work hard and you think you're too good for this job. And Kevin is like looking at Jack and Wayne like he, all he sees is mediocrity and just stuck in a dead end job. I mean, Kevin, this doesn't have to be your career. But he's like, yeah, it is, I am too good for this job. I mean, it's good enough for you, but it's not good enough for me. And I'm just thinking, looking back on the seasons, the episodes where Kevin works, he has got the shittiest work ethic I have ever seen in my life. He expects, <laughs> like... What is the episode? Yeah, when he was working for the, the uh, Chinese restaurant. He's like, I've been here for three months. I think I deserve a raise. That That's not how that works. And when he was working for Mr. Harris at the hardware store, he's like, well, it's like 6.45. It's almost 7. Do you think I can go? And the boss was like, um, 6.45 is not 7 o'clock. So no, you can't. And he's just complaining all the time about hard work. Like, oh, it's too hard. Oh, the effort I have to put it. It's like, come on. And the, at the point where he's 17, I'm like, yeah, he's still a teenager. But I think your work ethic that you have growing up is going to probably go with you as you get older. So I'm just like, how is he going to be a, a husband and a father who's going to support his wife and kids if he... He just looks like someone who would jump from one job to another that, or would be at a job for like less than a decade. And finally, I can't do it anymore. I just can't, I can't take the pressure. I can't take the, he just, he, he, he rubs me the wrong way when it comes to that kind of thing. So Kevin just ups and quits, says I quit. Cause Jack's like, I don't want you here if you don't want to be here. 
And Jackson, or Kevin's at home in his room. He's packing a bag. He's like, I'm out. I'm getting out of here. I can't stand it anymore. He wants to get out from underneath his father's thumb. And if you think about uh, all three kids, Karen and Kevin are the one that seem to have the strained relationship with Jack. But Karen at least has mended that fence. Kevin, on the other hand, he is not going to have a whole... Luckily, at the end, the final episode, when they're sitting in the kitchen, they've mended their ways and everything. Thank goodness, because you have, like, probably less than two years left with your dad, and that is it. Oh, even when he's working at this country club, because Winnie's a lifeguard there, he's being a jerk. You know, he's on the wait staff and he's being a jerk to his boss. He's always talking back to whoever his boss is. Does not know how to show somebody respect. Always muttering about, oh, you butthead. Well, you deserve to be fired because you don't take anything seriously. All right. Well, we are now on the final episode, season six, episode 22, entitled Independence Day. And Kevin is in this little boys' dorm workers' dormitory when Jack kind of comes in probably with socks and underwear for Kevin, probably even some food, and they kind of get to talking. Kevin says, I'm not coming home, no matter what you say. So don't waste your breath. You wasted your time coming up here. <laughs> Kev? Dad? They uh, sat at the front desk and I find you back here. We were just leaving. Yeah, we were just leaving. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> the guys. Ah. Uh, yeah, the hell with the chuckleheads. So what are you doing here? Of course, it was obvious. The old man had seen the light. About me. About him. Yeah, her mother asked me to come. I give you these. She was afraid you didn't pack enough underwear. Underwear. Yeah. And, um, she also packed some cookies. Wow. That's great. So. <laughs> this is where you're living, huh? Why? What's wrong with it? It's comfortable. You yeah.
So Jack kind of takes a like, oh, this is how you're living, huh? And Kevin pats the mattress the, the, on the bunk, and there's just a big cloud of dust comes up. So Jack does say, you know, ask what they're paying him. Kevin kind of doesn't, he's kind of vague, like, oh, they pay me enough. And Norma didn't think that Kevin had enough clean underwear. There's also cookies in there and that sack that Jack brought over. Also, he mentions about, look, about, you know, yesterday you flew off the handle and it would be fun. You know, your mother would be okay with you taking the job back. So, no, he's not apologizing, which Jack has no nothing to apologize for. And the fact that Jack doesn't say anything like, it'd make me happy if you would come back and work for me. He says, it would make your mother feel good if you did. Basically, Norma wants Kevin to come back and just have things be, you know, mended and fine. She doesn't like it when her family is uh, kind of broken and not getting along with each other, you know, feuding. So because Jack doesn't say, I want you to come back to the furniture shop, Kevin, of course, gets frustrated. He shoves the bag back in Jack's arms and says, look, I don't need you. I don't need your job. You can leave. You can just go. And Jack's like, fine, fine, whatever. I get that Kevin wants his independence, which is funny because this is, you know, Independence Day, the episode title. It's also set around the 4th of July. And it's just Kevin wants that independence. He wants to not be ruled by his father and have his father, like, dictating how he's going to live his life or be judgmental about the choices that Kevin makes. How funny that Kevin's wearing a white t-shirt that's got a tomato on the front with a face on it. That is so goofy. You know Kevin would never wear that shirt by choice. I mean, come on. It's It's got a tomato face on it. All right, now I'm going to play the scene here where... Kevin and Winnie arrive. It's the 4th of July parade for the town. And just we kind of hear what happens to everybody. And then, of course, I'll conclude with the scene between Kevin and Jack in the kitchen. And that will close out the episode. It was the last July I ever spent in that town. The next year after graduation, I was on my way. Paul! So was Paul. He went to Harvard, of course. Studied law. He's still allergic to everything. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Listen, I'll be right back. Hang on one second.
Cameron's son was born that September. <laughs> I gotta say, I think he looks like me. Poor kid. Mom, she did well. Businesswoman. Board chairman. Grandmother. Cooker of mashed potatoes. The waiter stayed on in furniture. Wood seemed to suit him. In fact, he took over the factory two years later, when Dad passed away. When he left the next summer to study art history in Paris, still we never forgot our promise. We wrote to each other once a week for the next eight years. I was there to meet her when she came home. With my wife and my first son, eight months old. Like I said, things never turn out exactly the way you plan. It's good. It's good for. Yeah. So you're gonna be a grandpa, huh? Next day you're gone, but the memories of childhood stay with you for the long haul. I remember a place, a town, a house, like a lot of houses. A yard like a lot of other yards, on a street like a lot of other streets. And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back <laughs> with wonder. Dad, what if I catch? I'll be right there. <laughs> that still gets me in the feels. It still gets me in the heart. So, we, yeah, we learn about what happens to everybody. Karen's going to have a baby. It's the 4th of July. She's going to have a baby in September. And I'm just kind of thinking, when were the restrictions for pregnant women? Because she's, like, in her last trimester, so how would she have? I mean, and she's in Alaska with Michael, so. And I thought it was cute how <laughs> Wayne is, like, it's a little Eskimo baby. And it's just cute, and we hear that. You know, the baby kind of resembles Kevin. Well, Ken, Kevin's mine. He thinks the baby resembles him. And you know Norma got a college degree. She, we find out she is the uh, chairman of the board for a company, which is awesome, awesome sauce. Um, Wayne takes over for the furniture factory when Jack passes away two years later. Winnie does art history. And the thing that's interesting is that we really never got too much into Winnie's interests, other than because we, it was always going to be from the show's always from Kevin's point of view. So we really didn't get a whole lot of what she was into, and it's like our, our history interest. Well, because we know that she was like into Greek mythology and stuff, you know, through Paul and everything like that. So it's just it's it's interesting. Paul, of course, no surprise there, he got into Harvard, he's a lawyer, which I believe Josh Soviano is a lawyer in real life. 
So it's, we didn't really get to hear what Kevin really did. You know, he became a father, of course. And he and Winnie wrote to each other for eight years. And then, of course, she comes back from Paris. And Kevin's there with his wife and his eight-month-old first son. And it's just interesting that his wife is completely fine with you know, Kevin writing to his first love, like, every day for eight years. And it's just, it's sweet. It's a sweet, you know, that they kept, you know, in contact and everything like that. And then, of course, we go to the house where Kevin's like, ha, you're going to be a grandpa with gray hair and everything. And Jack's saying how it was a good Fourth of July. And it just, it's a sweet moment. Kevin just is, like, talking about how he grew up on a street. Like a lot of other streets and in a house like a lot of other houses. And how he looks back with wonder. And then, of course, you hear it's Daniel Stern's son coming in saying, Hey, Dad, want to play catch? And, of course, Daniel Stern is like, Yeah, I'll be right there. Of course, this is Kevin and Kevin's son asking to play catch. So I'm guessing what this is is that Kevin's got to be... It's got to be clearly the late 80s into into 90s. So if that's the case, that's 20 years. So Kevin's like 32. Between the ages of like 32 and, you know, 36, 38. So, it's, and it's fun. This is just such, you know, and I, like I said, I had a great time doing this podcast. I just, I've been thinking about it for like, probably even since last year, about wanting to do something like this. And yes, it is over three hours, but guys, there's plenty of clips, plenty of thoughts, and I just, I love this. I love it so much. Um, You know, I went out to look for um, something to put. My dad's headstone, we ordered it, but it's going to be a, a month before they actually put it in. But I'm like, I want something to put out there. And... All the stuff for Memorial Day that they, you know, you can get your stuff around Memorial Day and stuff. And I'm like, it's Father's Day. There should be something. So are you just supposed to just buy it then around Memorial Day and wait till Father? I, I, I guess. I'm like, I want to put something out there. So you probably know, my dad's a was a farmer and everything like that, like a tractor or something. I want a little tractor figurine and I found one I found two in fact and they're really nice detail and what I did is I took I'm just keeping them in the plastic that they came in and then you know putting it in a ziploc bag so that way it protects it and everything like that and I also got like um a hay bale trailer or not a, uh, a hay bale wagon excuse me and I just thought I'd like to eventually also maybe try to find a little combine too. I know there's a store I can never remember the name of it but my cousins were really, you know, into farming like their dad. And around their birthdays, they would get these tractors, John Deere tractors, or different brand of tractors, or they get col- uh, combines and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, it's really, really cool. So, I mean, definitely that's going to be the next thing is to look for, a, you know, a nice modeled combine. So, Yeah. But like I said, I really enjoyed covering this. I hope you all enjoy it. I hope you all, you know, have an amazing Father's Day. Whether you're a father yourself, whether you have a father, whether he's living or gone, you know, just definitely appreciate 
appreciate your your father spend time with him and just learn from your parents because they have a lifetime worth of experience and advice to give you and i know hmm you know, it's almost like when you're growing up, it's like, yeah, they'll give you advice, but it's not until years later when you're an adult and you're looking back on the advice that they gave you. Ugh. And, then, you know, if you have kids one day, they're going to do the same. They're going to look to you for advice and you're going to pour out that wisdom that your parents instilled in you. So, yeah, everyone have a wonderful Father's Day. And I will be back with a new episode later in the week. We're going to kick off the Full House Summer Series with Season 3, Episode 1 of Fuller House, entitled Best Summer Ever. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.